0: How many of you like pleasure? You like to have pleasure? Wow. Very few people. But did you know that pleasure is designed by God? Amen. The pleasure of the world is, <laughs> is, a, is a copy what God wants to give to you. Let me say that again. The pleasure of the world is a duplicate, is a copy of what God wants you to experience. God wants you to have pleasure, full pleasure. You believe that? It's because we don't experience God's pleasure is why people fall in addictions like alcohol, smoking, substance abuse relational abuse, all of those things is because we don't experience the pleasure that is from God. God's pleasure is the purest form of pleasure. So my sermon is titled today as Living in Pleasure. Living in God's Pleasure. Do you like pleasure? See, that's the thing. You know, we we go to a church and we ask, how many of you like pleasure? Only a few people raise hands. It's because such hypocrites in the church. Amen. Amen. God has grace for you. Uh, but but it's, it's, it's really because somewhere pleasure has a negative connotation. It's not your fault. It's just that pleasure has a very negative connotation. Because the moment we think about pleasure, we think about all the bad things in the world. And people are so self-obsessed, live, a such, live such a selfish life just to have a moment of pleasure but have you seen anybody getting satisfied with worldly pleasure oh i watched 4 hours of movie now i'm satisfied you know there's there's nothing in the world that will ever satisfy us except god except god and it is god's heart god's desire for you to live in his pleasure live in his pleasure the most fun person in the entire cosmos is god he's the most fun person so don't try to just because your pastor is serious don't try to think that god is serious god is the most fun person in the entire cosmos he loves fun he loves to joke he loves to play pranks he is he is the epitome of joy and pleasure so god wants you to live in pleasure not live in seriousness, you know, in that sense, you know. We think spirituality is all about being serious. So if 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 we take two pictures of a church, one church that is laughing and enjoying and the other picture of a church that is sad and crying, we always think that the second picture is more spiritual. So can we cry now? Pleasure comes from God. God laughs. Yeah, Psalms 2 verse 4. The Lord laughs. The Lord loves to laugh. He loves taking pleasure in his people. Amen. So let me show you a verse. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. Oh, let me say... Say this to the online folks. Thank you guys for switching on your video. It's lovely to see naresh uncle. Wish you were here. Also, Justin and Nitya, thank you for joining us. Radhika, good to see you guys. And also all the other people who have, who have joined us online. Amen. God has something special for you. I, I can feel it, already feel it. God has something special for you. So stay expectant. Amen. Are you guys with me? Genesis 2 verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. So when God created man, his name was Adam and God put Adam in the garden. And the name of the garden is Eden. The meaning of Eden is pleasure. What's the meaning of Eden? Pleasure. So, when God created Adam, He created Adam and He put him in a garden of pleasure. See, God is a God of extravagance. He does not put you in a room of pleasure, He puts you in a garden of pleasures where there are unlimited options, unlimited probability, and possibilities. Garden of pleasure. He created you, He put you in a garden of pleasure. Now, look, look at this and the lord god oh, okay verse 15 the lord god took the man and put him in the garden of eden to work it and keep it so god created man he put him in a garden the name of the garden is eden which means pleasure and god said now this is your responsibility to work it and keep it do you know why you work one Work is not a curse. God gave work to Adam before the sin, before the fall of man. So work is a blessing. Do you believe work is a blessing? Okay. Why do you work? You have to understand why do you work. Why do you work is so that where God has kept you in the garden of pleasure, you keep it. You sustain it. it's your responsibility to work and keep the garden in which god has kept you in which god has placed you it is your responsibility it is not anybody else's responsibility it is you can't you can't outsource that to your pastor pastor i'm not feeling joy i'm not happy god created you put you in the garden of pleasure so that you can work and keep that pleasure for yourself. It is your responsibility. God created you, he kept you in the garden of pleasure, he kept you in the garden of Eden, now it is your responsibility, your purpose to stay in that pleasure, stay in that atmosphere of pleasure. It is your responsibility. Just imagine me, what would be Adam's job in a garden? What is the kind of job a person has in a garden? To take care of the things, to take care of the plants, to take care of the trees, to take care of things that are growing. Here's a paradigm shift that I'm telling you. Listen to it very carefully. People think... That if they work, they grow. But it's because growth happens you work. You didn't get it. See, God designed a perfect garden for man and he pulled it out from heaven. Garden of Eden, Garden of Eden represents heaven's reality on the earth. And then God told Adam, you work it and you keep it. Why should he work it and keep it? Because things grow on the earth. So things that grow on the earth, Adam needs to make sure that they grow in a particular order. You don't work for growth. You work so that you can keep the growth in a particular order. Everything that is there in your life, which God has placed in your life, will grow. It will grow automatically. It will grow. But what you need to make sure is that they grow in a particular order when when they don't grow in a particular order the same growth becomes chaos in the end see if you made have you have you ever made rice you put rice in water you boil and you put a little bit of salt now if you change the proportion if you take 1 teaspoon of rice and two glass of salt i don't know what you call that it's a it's a new thing you don't call it rice you call it salt with rice so the proportion needs to be right Similarly, the garden, what makes the garden the garden of pleasure is the proportion in which God has said when he gave it to you. Now, it is your responsibility to work so that it remains in the same proportion. You know, when you go for a haircut, the sides, you know, what, what, I, what I like to tell my barber is, trim off the sides as much as you can and just leave something in the middle. you know that's what i tell my barber you don't like it i can't help it but that's what i tell my barber just trim off trim as much as you can from the back and the sides and keep in the middle because that's that's how i look good it works for me guys it doesn't work for you go for it yeah the thing is why why i do that every 2 weeks i need to go to a saloon is because things are growing if i don't tend it it will grow into chaos. What you need is not just growth. You need ordered growth. Because if you let let it grow just to grow, it will turn into chaos. You need to order growth. That's why you work. The purpose in your life is to keep the pleasure that God has kept you in the atmosphere of pleasure so that everything is in right proportion and everything grows in an orderly manner. The chaos in the world is everybody is making, making money without the most important thing, which is your spiritual relationship with God. If Let me explain this. If you had to understand growth in life, or the word in the Bible is prosperity. Prosperity, again, does not mean money. Prosperity means to do well. What does it mean, a prosperity? To do well. So if you had to prosper in life, The first prosperity is spiritual prosperity. Spiritual prosperity, which means your relationship with God. Your intimate relationship with God. Spiritual prosperity. The second one, we call it the emotional prosperity or the mental prosperity. The joy and peace that you have in your mind, in your heart is the emotional prosperity. The third one is health. Health of the body. The fourth one is relationships, relational prosperity. How good are your relationships with with people? Finally, the last one is finances. The problem is when 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 you make it upside down, when the list becomes upside down, when financial prosperity is your focus without the spiritual prosperity, you're going to have a lot of money, but you're still going to be poor. It has to be in that order, spiritual prosperity when it is in focus which 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 overwhelms and spills out into every other dimensions of your life, where you're experiencing peace and joy in your heart, where your body is healthy, when your relationships are, relationships are great and then you have money, then you call yourself wealthy. You call yourself rich. It's sad that there's so many people in the world who have Money, but they are poor. All that they have is money. Why? Because they haven't tended the garden that God has given to them. The garden that God has given you, you have to tend it. It is your responsibility so that you can keep it in the right proportion. Am I making sense to you? It is your responsibility. Otherwise, it will go into chaos. And when it goes into chaos, we're like, oh God, do something. Pastor, can you pray for me? But you realize all of that is good. Yes, we pray for it and we ask for deliverance so that God will work through. But you understand that you caused it. You caused it because you were not careful to work it and tend it and keep it. God, let me say this. In Christ Jesus, God has blessed you with All spiritual things. Everything that you need for a life of godliness. You have received it. For the ultimate pleasure. To live a life of God's pleasure. You have received everything. Now the question is. How do you tend it? How do you keep it? That's what Paul says in Philippians chapter 2. Work out your salvation. Work out the salvation that you received already in the Holy Spirit. Work it out. Did you know that the only thing that you are required to do is to keep things in order? Just keep things in order. Just make sure that the priority is right. When you're raising a child, especially like like a baby, when you're raising a baby, what do you make sure? You make sure that things are in order. That That the baby gets enough milk, gets enough nutrients from whatever food that the baby has to take your responsibility is to keep things in order the moment there's a there's a disturbance in that order your your whole system goes into chaos so this is this is a sermon to really challenge you to ask yourself is your life in order We are expecting God to set order in your life when you are expected to set your life in order. It's sad. I'm I'm telling you, it is really sad that the majority of the body of Christ has very little spiritual discipline. It is very sad. The most important thing, if it is spiritual prosperity, if it is your relationship with God, the majority of the body of Christ has excuses not to spend time with God. Oh, we are busy, we have this work schedule, we have that. But let me ask you, how, how many of you, how many of you eat every day? Do you eat? If if food is Food is what gives strength to your body. Word is what gives strength to your spirit. That's why we are running this campaign in the church which says, hashtag, no word, no food. You don't eat until you read the word. Until you eat the word. No word, no food. Amen? Amen? See, the reason why we need spiritual discipline is because our body is designed in a way that it follows particular set of tasks every day. Now, you might be like, oh, I'm not a very disciplined person. Not having a discipline in itself is also a discipline. <laughs> either, either you can take control of how your body needs to function or you let somebody else control it. A body is like a machine. So, you you see a phone. Phone is a machine. What is it designed to do? It is programmed. Somebody has created this phone, program it to do a particular function. Just imagine the phone is, you know, the phone can take pictures, the phone can do, uh, tell me some fancy stuff, the phone can measure the wall, but the phone is not able to, take calls. What's the point of this phone? What will you do? You'll throw it in the dust Similarly, your body is a machine. It has to be designed. It has to be programmed to do what you intend to do. If you don't make an intention to discipline your body, your body will become the master. And then You'll be like, I don't know. I don't know why I feel angry. I don't know why I feel upset. Because you have trained your body to behave, that, behave a certain way. Let me give you an example. So every Monday morning, you get out of your house and you sit in your car and you're moving to your office. Most of your routine is like that, right? You get into the car and you move to the office. Now, At 9 o'clock sharp, there's a particular road that you get into, and you know there's there's traffic, and you're stuck in traffic. And because you're stuck in traffic for 20 minutes, it agitates you, it frustrates you, and you have certain emotions coming up. What are the emotions that are coming up? You're angry, you're frustrated, you're agitated, you want to call out the government, you want to call out all the ministers that you can think of and blame everybody, right? Now, this happens for months and months and months. But one day, your boss tells you, you don't have to come to office the next day. So the next day you wake up, exactly at 9 o'clock you're upset. You're angry. You're frustrated. You're thinking about ministers. But you're not sitting in the car. You're at your home. You're at the comfort of your house. But you, you have programmed your body to think a certain way at a certain time of the day. You have programmed your body. Why? Because your body is a machine. It follows its master. You are the master. Don't let your body become your master. Be the master of your body by making intentional choices. That's why it's important that you have a spiritual discipline in your life. Why? Because you were recreated, and you were put in the garden of God's pleasure. Stay in it, work it out, keep it, keep every proportion in that pleasure in order. It's your responsibility. Hallelujah. Not one of those messages where I get ooh, yeah, eh. Love it, guys. Love it. (laughs) Say with me, my heart is my responsibility. Your heart is like a garden. Your heart is like a garden. And everything that you hear is like a seed in that garden. And everything that gets sowed in the garden will reap. You sow what you reap. You hear anger, you hear frustration, you hear negative talks, you hear agitation, you hear pro- poverty, that is what you're going to reap. So you have to intentionally be on top of things by being careful of what you hear. That's what Jesus said again and again, verily, verily, I say unto you, be careful of what you hear. Oh man, when Jesus says, verily, verily, we know that's important. It's very significant. So be careful of what you hear. And then he says, be careful of how you hear. What you hear and how you hear matters. Really matters. You can hear God's word like this. You can also hear God's word like this. How you hear matters. So when you take, when you, when you are on top of things, In the sense, when you take control of what you hear and how you hear, you intentionally, you are sowing good seeds in your heart. That's why Proverbs Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Guard your heart with all diligence, for it is the wellspring of life. Your heart is the wellspring of life. So if you have good things that are sowed in your heart, it will become like a fountain of life. Giving no place for trash to come in. If you read the above verses, it says, listen diligently to my words and be attentive to my saying. Guard your heart with all diligence. So what are you listening to? What are you listening to? What are you entertaining Oh, but I'm just watching one hour of movie. Now, I don't have a problem watching movies, but what I'm saying is sometimes if you're not careful, subconsciously we receive things that we're not supposed to receive. Unmarried people, I'll give you a trick. How to make the other person fall in love with you. You want unmarried people? Okay. It's it's a secret, Guys. But be careful that it, might, it, could, it could be applied to you as well. So be careful. The easiest way to make someone fall in love with you is talking to them when they're just about to go to sleep. <laughs> when, when people are just about to go to sleep, When you talk, what happens is, listen to this. When you talk, what happens is your conscious mind that stands as a guard to protect your subconscious mind, your conscious mind is drowsy, sleeping off. So there's no one to guard your subconscious mind. So you're like, I don't know why am I, uh, why do I like this person? Two months ago, I hated this person. There was nothing. (laughs) There was nothing that I liked about them. But now I like, I like her. My logical mind says no, but my heart says yes. You know what happened? Why? Because when your logical mind was asleep, you entertained things that you are not supposed to entertain. That's why I tell young people, I do tell young people, be careful to whom you talk while you're sleeping, or just before you sleep, or just before you wake up in the morning when you're drowsy. Be very careful. Whom you entertain. Now you know why you're in love. Okay, so be careful whom you entertain. That's why the Bible talks so much about praying to God in the night just before you sleep and talking about praying to God right in the morning. Early in the morning, I will seek you. Because God is one person, he is your father, who will never sow seeds into your hearts that will harm you. So instead of talking to that girl, who, whom you probably don't like, but that's the only option that you have, who will tell you good things about you, instead of talking to her, maybe talk to Jesus. He'll tell the best things in your life. And it has no terms and conditions. That's what the the Bible says. The blessing of the Lord adds no sorrow. (laughs) It's, I know, you know, young people, they just talk because they have no one else to talk to. Have you been there? I know, I, I know, I feel you, I hear you. But I'm telling you, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. 30 years down the line, you'll realize. Be careful. That's why build spiritual discipline in your life. Build spiritual discipline. Simple things before you go to sleep. Whom are you entertaining? Whom are you talking to? Watching a horror movie and sleeping, and then the night is full of nightmares? Whom do you call? Pastor Sam. But who entertained that? Okay? So just before you sleep, just before you go to bed, what do you entertain? Be filled with God's word. Be filled with God's word so that your sleep is good, so that you have good dreams from God, so that God gives you good desires. The moment you wake up, Tell me something, when you're lying on the bed, the moment you wake up, the first thing, what is the first thing that you see the moment you wake up? Usually, I I see the roof, right? The moment I wake up, I see up. Let that be an indication for you to say, thank you, Jesus, for the wonderful sleep. The first thing. But the thing is, the times that we're living in, the first thing that we do is take the phone. See, who WhatsApp in the night? How many emails did I get? And then you're worked out. You didn't even step out of your bed, but you've really worked out. Your entire day is like going through stress. If your morning is done right, your entire day will be done right. So take a moment, take a moment to say, praise you, Jesus. Even before your foot lands on the floor, take a moment to praise him. How much time does it take? Five seconds. Just acknowledging, thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. You don't let stress and issues of life colluding your life. I'm telling you simple things, but this is the problem. Simple things is what we don't do. If I tell you, go to Mount Kailash and jump from there, you'll probably do it. Simple things is what we don't do. Before you sleep, talk to Jesus. The moment you wake up, Praise Jesus. Spend some time in his word. Spend some time in his word. I don't have time, pastor. Ten minutes. Can you take ten minutes? Fifteen minutes. And then stretch it. Spend some time in his word. Listening to what the father has to say to you. Unmarried people, I can tell you, that boy, the, that girl cannot tell you as loving words as your father can tell you. Your father will adore you with his love. Oh, man, he has the best words that he has. His words are the best. I have drawn you with an everlasting love. You are my beloved. I accept you. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. So while you're sleeping, God is thinking about new ways on how to shower his mercies upon your life. God is intentional. The boy and the girl that you're talking to, they are sleeping also. They don't have enough time to come prepared with the words to say. But God is intentional. He doesn't sleep. He d- the God of Israel does not sleep, neither slumber. So he's intentional. So he has good things to tell you. Take time in the morning. Get your day right. Set your priorities Right. I, I want to I tell you, this is my testimony. When I have prioritized God in my life, I have seen every other aspect of my life being balanced. Every other aspect. Every time I worked harder and I've neglected my spiritual relationship, it has gone more worse. Because I'm not feeding my spirit. Say with me, daily. The spiritual discipline is for daily. It's not for weekend. It's daily. Before you go to bed, talk to Jesus. The moment you wake up, praise Jesus. Spend some time in the word. Pray for some time. So 6 o'clock, you need to be, you need to get out to get ready to be in the office. Then wake up at 5.30. You work around it. You work your life around it. Don't try to work your spiritual discipline around your life. Try to work your life around your spiritual discipline. Six o'clock. I have to five forty-five. fifteen That attitude is what is going to snatch the joy and peace that the Lord has blessed you in His kingdom. Be intentional. Don't let the devil snatch it away from you. Be intentional. The next thing. The next thing is becoming a blessing for someone daily. Becoming a blessing for someone daily. Now, the thing is, we have telephones. You can call somebody in Russia. You can call somebody in Middle East, just by using a phone. It just takes a matter of intention. Be a blessing for somebody daily. Pick up the call. Before you pick up the call, ask the Lord, Lord, what's the word? What's an encouraging word that I can release over this person? Pick up the call or text them and send an encouraging word. Become a blessing for somebody daily. Daily. Are you hearing this? Yeah The next is talk to people whom you are accountable to daily. It could be a spouse, it could be a pastor, it could be an elder, but find people whom you can talk to daily, whom you can be accountable to. How are you doing? have Have space, have enough room. For someone in your life who can ask you, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I know you're doing good. How are you doing? How's it going? What's happening in that heart of yours? Okay, do you want the next one? The next one is, listen, listen to a sermon. Now, the problem in Lighthouse, I have figured the problem in Lighthouse. People either listen to sermon, Or people either read the Bible. They don't do both. How many of you have replaced drinking water with food? Oh, I have had enough of water, so I'll not have food. Or I have had enough of food, I'll not have water. You need both. Do you need both? Stay with me, I need both. both. So as, 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 as much as it is important for you to hear God through your personal relationship, with reading the book, word and with praying, it is equally important that you hear God through a person. Because we are living in an age where subtly something has really creeped into the church which no one is aware of and which we call it the individual Christianity. Me and Jesus. Me and Jesus ke in nehi bulae You are built together. It doesn't say you're built individually. You're built together. So as much as you exercise your spiritual senses to hear God personally, you have to exercise to hear God through the man and the woman of God. Daily. Or we could all just worship God in our private closets, right? Why do we come to church? Because we are being built together. So hear a sermon daily. it could be 15 minutes, twenty minutes how how many of you how many of you have time in the metro or you have time when you're driving the car, or you have time when you're just you know you're just in transit how, I think so many people every day spend so much time in transit, right what do you what do you let? What what are you entertaining during that time? Just listening to music that will not build your life. Baby ko bass pasand How does that build your life? Or would you intentionally feed yourself in something that will build your life? I have nothing against listening to music, guys. But see, it's your intention that matters. I, I'm going to drive from Gurugang to Gitoni. There's traffic. There's one hour that's going to take. What do I do? Or call somebody and gossip about somebody. See, be very intentional about what you do. Daily. Spend time in God's word daily through a sermon and also reading your Bible every day. How much time? 20 minutes? 25 minutes? Start somewhere and then build it up. Okay? Finally. Final, final, final. How many points did I give? Four. Final. Final is, this also you should do daily. Saying no to things that you're not supposed to do. saying no to things that you're not supposed to do. I know you understand what it means. um, But I am going to show a different aspect. You know, sometimes we commit to things that we are not supposed to commit to. Pastor, on 20th of May, can you come to Mumbai? Yes. Pastor, on 20th of May, can you come to Khanda? Yes. It's very important to learn how to say no. Early on in life, I, I I I learned this. If you don't learn how to say no, your yes will have no value. Saying yes to everybody, everything, you are setting up for disaster. Be very clear whom you say yes to, what you say yes to. Take a moment. Take a moment. Because your time is God's time, it's precious. You know, so much, so many times we say yes just because out of fear for people. And that's not something that God asked you to do. So saying no to things that you're not supposed to do. It'll bless you. Most of your, you know, time will get freed up the moment you stop falling in the pressure of the fear of man. So... Say yes to things, say yes to things that God has ordained you for. That's why even before you commit to something, ask the Lord, is this something that I should say yes to? Ask the Lord so that you can be a good steward. Good steward. Good steward of the time that he has given, good steward of the resources that he has given. Has the Lord told you to do this? Five points? Yeah. yeah. What's the first one? Five things in spiritual discipline that you need to do daily. What's the first thing? Oh man, wow. Before you sleep, talk to Jesus. Second. Be a blessing for someone daily. What's the third one? Stay accountable to somebody daily. What's the fourth one? Listen to a sermon and read your Bible daily. Those are two different things, but you need to do this daily. What's the last one? Say no to things that you are supposed to say no to. Daily. Daily. You know, it is not God's heart for you to live a super busy life. Let me say this. Pleasure comes from two aspects of the kingdom. Peace and joy. Joy is... Joy. You know what joy is. Joy is... What? (laughs) How do you define joy? Uh, Inexplicable, it, it cannot be understood by the logical mind. Right? So joy is, Jesus said, my joy I give to you. So you find the joy of Jesus in the words of Jesus. The next one is peace. Peace is, the peace of the world is being calm. You stay calm, he's a peaceful person. But the peace of God is not calm. Peace of God is a warrior-like person who will do anything and everything to protect the peace that is there in the atmosphere. The posture of peace is to be like a warrior. Let me give you an example. Jesus walking through the storm on the water is the symbol of peace. Peace does not mean that you will have no storms in your life. Peace means that you will be storm proof. The irrespective of what is coming against you, you will stand tall and you will be like, yeah, I know this will go through. We will go through this. That's the peace of God. So pleasure comes from peace and joy. It is your responsibility to stay in the peace and joy of the kingdom. Peace fights for everything that is coming to steal that atmosphere of pleasure in your life. Joy endures that pleasure. Joy is what keeps endurance. Peace is what will fight. So you have demonic oppression, peace will fight. Fight it out. You have... Difficulty you're not able to sustain in the word. It is the joy that will sustain in the word. That's why uh, the James James says James chapter one verse two says count it all, all joy. joy, count it pure joy, count it all joy. How do you count? How do you count joy? You know when you know when we were young, when somebody gave us money, me and my sister would sit and count ten rupees, twenty rupees, thirty rupees. That's the attitude you should have when you go through sufferings. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Because joy is what gives endurance. Joy is what will keep you in the Word. Peace will fight. Peace will fight everything that is coming to steal your joy, that is coming to steal your pleasure. But it is joy and peace that constitutes the atmosphere of pleasure. Think about this. A person who is in prison, he's shackled in chains. We, We don't know what's the food that he has eaten. Maybe they gave him food, maybe it was bad food, it was rotten, but he's not being treated right. He's in prison cell and he's writing a letter he's writing a letter to a group of people telling them rejoice rejoice in the lord and again i say rejoice he himself is going through a dire circumstances but there's a reality that he's experiencing in christ that overwhelms the reality that he is physically put in and because of which he can say rejoice in the lord guys i tell you rejoice I am suffering, I am in chains but I am telling you rejoice because there is a joy that is there in the Lord that nobody can steal from you the joy of the Lord is despite circumstances in Acts chapter 16 there is a story where Paul and Silas they are are beaten up beaten up for the gospel you know when they beat you, they don't beat you you know when, when they beat you, they beat you with rods, they beat you so that everything in your body comes out like a pulp. They, they were beaten and then they were put in prison. Around midnight, Acts chapter 16 verse 25 says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and their prayer became songs. And as they were singing, the entire prison broke. Can you imagine that? I have a prophetic word right now. How many of you are sick right now? Sick feeling weak, tired in your body. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Can you receive it? The joy of the Lord is your strength. He is your physical strength. The joy of the Lord is your physical strength. There's a reality in God that you can access it with joy, that it can overwhelm all your physical realities. In fact, your suffering can promote you into another dimension of joy. Anybody can be joyful when things are good. When there's money in the bank account, when relationships are are great, everything is working out as you've designed. Anybody can be joyful. But it takes the joy of the Lord to rejoice in dire circumstances. That's what Jesus says. I give you my joy so that your joy may be full. Your joy. God wants you. His joy his joy his pleasure his peace right now into your life you know everything that you do everything that you do should be a should be from that place of peace and joy everything that you do God has not called you to be the most busy body in the world and try to finish everything that is there out in that day but God has called you to work it out in peace in joy in pleasure In pleasure, in absolute pleasure. I don't care how many hours you're working in your corporate sector. Maybe 16 hours, maybe 18 hours. But I can tell you this. From experience, being an example, I can tell you this. God's peace and God's joy will always give you rest. You will work from rest. You will work from the rest that comes in God. That is in God. You will work from that rest. You will work from that rest. Come on, receive it. Receive the word. Receive the word. It is the word that is going to change your life. Receive the word. Receive the word. To work from a place of rest. To work. To work from a place of rest. To operate from a place of rest. To to love from a place of rest. To move in a place of rest. Death could not hold you. A wail told before you. A silence, the boast of sin and grace. Heavens are roaring, waves of glory, for you are raised to life again. Death could not hold you, death could not hold you, will to before you silence the boast of sin and grace. The heavens are roaring, zoveel glory, for you are raised to light again, you have no right.
1: Is glory, yours is the name Abba.
0: far above, every power, every rule, every principality. Right now, you are seated at the right hand of God. The reality of Jesus is your reality. Anything that is opposing, anything that is controversial to that reality is a lie. Today you can say no. You can say no. You can say no to all those contradictory realities that does not align itself with the truth of God. You're seated far above. Yes. Joy and peace is, in your, is your inheritance. Joy and peace is your inheritance. Say, the kingdom of God, the kingdom, God, of, God the kingdom of God is, God is righteousness, righteousness is peace, peace, and joy, and joy in, the in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom is within me. Is within so righteousness is within me. So is
1: within
0: peace me. is within me. Joy is within me. Joy is within
1: Righteousness,
0: me. Righteousness, peace, and joy is my portion.
1: Righteousness, peace,
0: and joy. And Come on, once again. Righteousness, peace, and joy is my portion. Righteousness, peace, and joy is my, Righteousness, joy is my portion.
1: Righteousness, peace, and joy is my
0: portion. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you. We worship you, we worship you. Yes, speak, Lord, speak. Speak, speak,
1: speak. Speak, Speak, Lord, Jesus, speak. Yes, come on.
0: I hear I hear two passages very clearly. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the wines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Everything that's happening is negative in this person's life. But verse 18 says, Yet I will rejoice in the God. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deers. He makes me tread on my high places. Yet I will rejoice. Yet I will rejoice. Yet I will rejoice. The other passage is... This is not just for, okay, this is not just for barren ones who are physically barren, but this is also for areas where you feel barren. Sing, O barren one, Isaiah six fifty four. Sing, O barren one who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left and your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. Fear not for you will not be ashamed, be not confounded for you will not be disgraced for you will forget the shame of your youth. And the reproach of your widowhood you will remember no more. Why? Why will you not remember? For your Maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. The God of the whole earth he is called. For the Lord has called you like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit, like a wife of youth when she is cast off, says your God. For a brief moment I deserted you. But with great compassion, I will gather you. But with great compassion, I will gather you. In overflowing anger, for a moment I hid my face from you. But with everlasting love, I will have compassion on you. Says the Lord, your Redeemer. With everlasting love. With everlasting love. With everlasting love. Things that are not in order in your life are put in order in the name of Jesus. Put in order in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every area of chaos, be calm. Calm in the name of Jesus. Peace. Be still. Be still in the name of Jesus. The peace of God that transcends all understanding is upon your life right now. Right now peace is your portion. Joy is your portion. Thank you Father. I speak for everyone who is struggling in their bodies right now Lord. The joy of the Lord become their strength right now. Right now. Right now in the name of Jesus. The joy the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I speak for people who are mentally oppressed, who are going through demonic oppression in their bodies, in their minds, in their hearts, that they're not able to they're not able to take their thoughts captive, they're not able to hold their emotions. I speak, I speak Psalms 2 verse 4. The Lord who sits in heavens laughs at the plans and the and the and and, and and the and the plot of the enemy. The Lord laughs at the plans of the enemy. The Lord laughs. You are the anointed one. The anointing will break through every yoke. The anointing will break through every bondage in the name of Jesus. The anointing, the anointing of Jesus will break through. The anointing of Jesus will break through. The spirit of the Lord is upon you. For he has anointed you. The spirit of the Lord is upon you. For He has anointed you. Every anointing in you will break through the yoke of the devil. Every addiction will be broken by the anointing of Jesus that is activated in your life. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He is upon you. Proclaim good news right now. It is gone. It is taken care of. It is finished. Every chaos in my life is finished. Every limitation in my life is pulled off. I am set free by the blood of Jesus. I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. He has sent his word and his word has healed us. Every gate be lifted up. Every ancient gate be lifted up. Every generational curse be lifted up. In the name of Jesus. 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 Ah,
1: In the name of Jesus, yes.
0: We cancel every deception in this place in the name of Jesus. Every deception. Every stronghold of the enemy, we cancel it in the name of Jesus. You are set free by the truth of Jesus. The truth of Jesus sets you free right now. Every stronghold, every stronghold, every stronghold is broken. tongues, pray in the spirit. Let this day not pass by. This is the day of your salvation. Today if you hear my voice, today if you hear my voice, this is the day of salvation. Kiddie Kadana